It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, let's talk about the breaking news here this morning, and that's the uh, some of the relaxation of restrictions at the border. So we had the Federal Health Minister, Patty Haidu, at a news conference this morning saying that they will relax the, uh, the, the quarantine restrictions for Canadian travels, travelers returning home. Not right away. It looks like it would be early July, and you'd have to be double vaccinated, yeah, right? So They'd be fully vaccinated. The key words are fully vaccinated, and the reality is there's very few Canadians who are f- uh, fully vaccinated now or are going to be uh, in the weeks ahead. Right now, the fully vaccination rate in Canada is about 8.5% of the population. Wow. In B.C., it's about 7.8%. And uh, in, But in the United States, though... It's more than 43%. So the United States has been doing a lot more double doses uh, quicker than Canada has. Different vaccine strategies. So the reality is, as the border uh, starts to open up a bit, you're going to have more Americans crossing the border because they have full vaccinations than Canadians. Now, our full vaccinations are going to start to increase, but not by uh, leaps and bounds. I mean, our first doses were running about one point a day, one percentage point a day. Now that's going to flip over to second doses, but there's still not going to be quite one point a day because we still have to administer a lot of first doses. So maybe we go 10 days and boost that second dose rate by eight points. The reality is by the time we get to August, I don't think we'll be at 50% full vaccination rate. So there's still a lot of Canadians who won't be able to travel yeah. uh, until September. And certainly by early July, it, you'll still be uh, well behind. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, even if they do relax these border restrictions in early July, it's only going to apply to probably a minority of the population. Oh, right? a minority for sure. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to get to 50% full vaccinations for a number of weeks yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Despite that, though, pressure continuing to rise on oh, government yeah. to open the border, especially from the Canadian tourism sector, which was... Tourism sector got hammered in the pandemic, and this would be their second hammering if they can't get this going. So the pressure is enormous to open that border. But Justin Trudeau said yesterday uh, he's talking two doses, and Canadians just don't have the same number of two doses as Americans do. Okay, the tourism sector trying to save that summer tourism season, and uh, that could be a, t- a tall order. Let me play this here for you, Keith, get your thoughts. This is Royce Twin, who is the CEO of Tourism v- Vancouver, and he was my guest this morning on the show, making the case to reopen the border. And Here's what he had to say. What's the plan? What are the milestones? Yeah. What are the key dates? How do we prepare for something that has never been scenario planned, and that was a global shutdown of the industry. Therefore, how do you reopen an industry? Because what we don't want to have happen is a switch uh, gets flipped, and suddenly we're working off the back of our heels to try to recover and rebuild business. Yeah, so they want to see some certainty that something is going to happen. There's some dates that they can start working toward. And plan Hard to for. see how, well, I mean, you can set targets. The reality is individual American states have... Um, different vaccination levels. Uh, I reported last night, for example, Michigan's vaccination rate is far lower than Washington State. Uh, So again, if you just allow Americans um, as a whole to come in from an area that have low vaccination uh, rates, that could uh, see a spike in the virus spreading Canada. So until these vaccination rates are considerably higher for at least first dose, if not second dose, I don't see how the border reopens to uh, a huge amount of people being able to cross. Okay, a lot of lobbying going on on both sides of the border to reopen. As you mentioned, the it all depends on that double vaccination rate. It's interesting in the United States to see the incentives that they're offering down there across America. Joints for jabs. <laughs> Washington State yesterday announced um, a single cannabis joint. 
if you're over 21. Well, I'll be speaking to the director of the Washington State Cannabis Board later on the show. Uh, Washington State has a whole bunch of incentives. I mean, we're talking $250,000 draw every Tuesday, a million-dollar draw on July 13th, uh, Seahawks tickets, Mariners tickets, and I'm not talking tickets in the in the bleachers. These are these are uh, private suites. Four tickets to the to the uh, Seahawks game. Four tickets to um, the Mariners game. The Sounders. Four hundred fifty game consoles are being uh, raffled off if you uh, get a vaccination. So there's a huge incentive. Manitoba today just announced a million dollar lottery. Well, let me play that for you because uh, here's Manitoba Premier Brian Pallister on this precise point that in Manitoba, uh, yeah, they're going to have a, a, a vaccination lottery. Have a listen here. The sooner we get vaccinated, the sooner we get our lives back. This lottery uh, gives Manitobans a reason to move uh, faster. Okay, the incentives really haven't caught on as much in Canada as they are in America, but here we go with Manitoba that's, has a lottery. That's the first example. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't ever take it off the table. You yeah. know, uh, it's a, Dr. Henry Adrian Dix have ruled this out, but not with a lot of fervor. I think they've they've kept the door open. Potentially, we could see something like this, but we're not we're not at the point of, of um, you know raffling off Canucks tickets or anything like that or a million dollar lottery. And there won't be free weed or free beer nope. because that's illegal. Illegal. In Britain. You cannot give away free marijuana. You cannot give away free booze. Only because this is Canada. We just don't do that kind of thing here. <laughs> you can do it in America, but America, not here. They have a very loose vaccination rate. They've they've stalled in the states when it comes to uh, first doses. We. You know, the fear is that we may stall in Canada as well. We're at 74 and change percent. We're going to be 75 percent today, first doses. But because so many doses every day, 60,000 doses a day, more and more of those are going to be second doses. So our yeah. our climb from 75 percent to 80, 85 percent is going to be a bit of a grind. Okay, let's talk a little domestic politics here in British Columbia. And there's a brand new opinion poll out, mm-hmm. and uh, they must be doing high fives over mm-hmm. in John Horgan's office yeah. because he continues to do very well here in the approval ratings here. What do the poll numbers say here, these new polls? Yeah, so Angus Reid uh, has got another poll up rating the Premier's approval ratings. Horgan's down three points, but big deal because he's still at 65% approval, 63% approval rating. Which is huge, by the way. Yeah, if, you're if, you're, if you're thinking like, oh, it's only 65%, no, that's actually quite good. Yeah, and anything over 50%, frankly, yeah. is, a, is a great mark. So Horgan's been, uh, he, he peaked at 71% back wow. uh, last year. But he's still high numbers. Uh, he trails only Francois Legault in Quebec, who's at 66%. Scott Moe in Saskatchewan is the only other one really doing well of the, uh, uh, the provinces west of uh, the Atlantic provinces. What's interesting is Horgan made a conscious decision. I remember him telling me back in his, I was in his office in March of 2020 when this thing began, I'm not going to be the face of this in BC. It's going to be Dr. Henry. It's going to be Adrian Dix. It's going to be Mike Farnworth, my line ministers, not me. And he took a back back seat to that, and it's paid off for him because other premiers, Doug Ford and Jason Kenney, notably, who decided oh. to make this all about them from day one, are just cratering in public opinion. They're in the low 30s, uh, and if an election were held today, neither would win. I mean, they're they're now distinctly unpopular in their own provinces. They've been the the front of this pandemic as a time when their provinces are making all sorts of missteps and recalculations and inconsistent moves, unlike what BC's been doing. And again, the Angus Reid poll shows 73% British Columbians 
support the COVID measures and the, and the, and the program in BC. So this, uh, you, yeah, you talk about doing handstands in the premier's yeah. office. You got to believe they're doing that. Yeah. Jason Kenney won by a landslide in the last election there in Alberta. And I always thought if you had told me that Rachel Notley, the NDP leader might be poised to become premier again, mm-hmm. I, I would have kind of laughed because most people looked at Rachel Notley and that NDP government as this bolt from the blue one hit wonder. It would never happen again in Alberta that you would have an yeah. NDP government, man, you take a look at the polls next door in Alberta, the NDP could win again there. She could be premier again. Yep. And uh, now you've got an emerging split once again on the conservative side. You've got yep. uh, some of uh, Kenny's caucus has bolted. Uh, you've got divisions there. There's a rural rump of that caucus that really don't like the COVID uh, measures of, in terms of restrictions. Um, they're criticizing Jason Kenney for having that dinner on the deck with lots his cabinet of, minister. Lots of self-inflicted screw-ups oh, there yeah. by Kenny too. And Doug Ford. I mean, the two of them are classic examples of think that, oh, I know best. I'm, I'm, the, yeah. I'm the premier. I'll take the control of the, of the car here during this extraordinary pandemic, and it's not paying off for them. And, and people like John Horgan, Scott Moe, Francois Legault, who took a different approach, it's paying off for them. Let me go back to Horgan for a minute, because it just seems like the stars have aligned here for this guy, because the pandemic has actually been good politics for for the NDP. I think that's reflected in these polls, but he's also caught the, the liberals on, uh, without a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going through this lengthy, lengthy leadership process where they don't have a, they don't have a permanent leader in place. And there's, I don't know, there's maybe something about Horgan that's connecting with the public. Like I, I often hear he's got people, like, well, he's, he's got a bit of a likability thing. I, no. I, people say to me, I've heard this many times. I, I don't normally vote NDP or I'm usually against mm-hmm. the NDP, but there's something about this guy. I don't know. I just, you know, he seems like he's reasonably okay. He has a likability quotient. He doesn't come across as a fire-breathing ideologue. Uh, unless, uh, unless you push his buttons the wrong way, then he'll snap on you. Well, he he's gone after me a few he times. He hasn't done it much since uh, the 2017 election. I think he learned his lesson going in there. Maybe there's been times, you know, I've I've seen him get a little uh, huffy. <laughs> some of the questions. <laughs> he's got but, it under control better than he did. By and large, doing much better than when he was in opposition. And again, as long as he can maintain that sort of centrist approach to governing, uh, it's going to bode well for them in the next election. Let me play a clip here Clip here of Horgan. He was a guest on the show here a few days ago. Here he is talking about the border here. Have a listen. I know your listeners and the industry are frustrated by that, but when we released our restart plan, uh, I, what I heard at that time from businesses is, thank goodness, there's light at the end of this uh, COVID tunnel. Was Horgan there the other day on the show? Unfortunately, much of that light or the the end of that tunnel is probably closer to September than it is to July uh, in terms of tourism. Real quickly here, and then we'll open the phone lines. You wrote a column for Global News that's getting a lot of attention, saying the government did the right thing, or Bonnie Henry did the right thing, keeping the schools open mm-hmm. through this whole thing, largely, when there was a lot of pressure on her to shut the schools down. Why do you think that way? I think that way from talking to a lot of parents. I got a lot of. I live across the street from an elementary school in Victoria. I've got a lot of young parent, young families on my street who have told me the best thing that happened to them in this pandemic was that school kept open because it allowed them to just have a life. And there's okay. been very little illness associated with this. Okay. All right, welcome back, Baldry's beat, Keith Baldry. Your calls to him. Let's go right to your phone calls here, Jeremy in Abbotsford. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, uh, Mike, I got two quick questions, and I'll hang up and listen. Um, for travel, uh, if the parents are double vaccinated you have a six-year-old or a seven-year-old and they don't have an opportunity to be vaccinated, can you travel or are you stuck in Canada until the child's age ranges up? And for BC's low uh, numbers right now that they're uh, saying every day, are they testing the same amount of people that they were testing, say, six months ago? Those are my questions. 
So in terms of kids, right now kids under 12 are not being vaccinated uh, on either side of the border, so I don't think that would be an issue if you both adults are vaccinated uh, with double doses. So you'd probably be able to travel with your kids, yeah. if your kids uh, are un- even uh, if your kids are unvaccinated. I would think that's yeah. the case because yeah, they're not so. eligible for vaccines. In terms of testing, our testing numbers go up and down. We were testing... You know, as much as 15,000 a few months ago now, last time I checked, we were about six to 8,000 tests a day. So in terms of six months ago, roughly the same. Um, but again, it varies on the day of the week. And it can vary, uh, again, people get tested because they have symptoms. If we have co- fewer people um, feeling sick, which seems to be the evidence right now, because our number of cases has gone from 1,100 to less than 200 a day. There's fewer cases of COVID out sure. there. So there's fewer people wanting to go in and get tested. Yeah, less demand for the test. Let's go to Ron on the line in Vancouver. Hey, Ron. Hello. Hi, go ahead. Uh, what do you gentlemen think about using the empty ICBC claim centers as additional vaccination, uh, vaccination sites? Uh, they have beautiful big drive-in bays. People with mobility issues could drive in, and also you could do a combination of walk-ins. Interesting. Um, wouldn't rule that out. Now, physical space is not the challenge in our in our immunization program. We've got almost 200 uh clinics or spots where you can get immunized the challenge is to get enough vaccines it's not like there's an endless supply of vaccines every vaccine that comes in gets quickly administered we get 328,000 doses of pfizer every monday or tuesday we get 130 to 150,000 doses of moderna every two or three weeks uh, and they quickly go out to these clinics and, and we're doing about 50 60,000 arms a day so the challenge isn't the physical space we've got a lot of physical space it, the challenge is let's get, get more vaccine yeah the vaccine uh, the clinic capacity I, I think is not the issue I was actually at the Victoria clinic downtown with my son yesterday I got his first shot he's 16 which was which was great and I mean that was a well-run machine there lots of room lots of people spread out so I don't think center. that's the problem yeah. the convention center it's it's the vaccine supply is the issue let's go to Emily in Langley hi Hi there. I just wanted to say, so my husband and I are both self-employed. We both work from home. And if schools hadn't been in session for the last nine months, there is no way that I would have been able to work. My husband would have been able to get uh, work completed. I am so incredibly thankful that Dr. Bonnie Henry decided to make that a priority because I think it would have damaged our economy even further. I think a lot of people are, feel exactly the same way Emily feels. I mean, this is a big mental health issue as well, uh, as well as an economic uh, issue. It's, it's, if we had closed the schools, I'm, I'm talking to friends and relatives in Ontario right now who are in absolute despair. The school year is done yeah. in Ontario at very short notice. Doug Ford just comes on TV last week and says, that's it. And there's a real despondency as a result of uh, killing the school year there. Can you imagine the pressure Bonnie Henry was under to close those schools, though? I mean, you had the unions breathing down her neck, a lot of the public and these armchair epidemiologists saying you're putting people's lives at risk. Shut the schools down. She didn't do it. There's a a reason she has a security detail, frankly. Uh, And I've talked to her about this. She gets so many personal threats, and much of it and the insults is tied to her decision to keep the schools open. Let's go to Rick on the line in Delta. Hey, Rick. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I noticed, uh, well, it was on the global news this morning that uh, Premier Horgan is extending the BC emergency ban now until June the 22nd. How is this going to affect the travel ban to be lifted on the 15th? Yeah. Is that so, in effect now, too, no. or is it still going to be lifted? No impact at all. I talked to Mike Farnworth about this yesterday, just to double check, because I was getting calls on this. Is there any impact on the travel ban? No. You uh, On June 15th, you're free to travel the province. Right now, until then, you're asked to stay within your region. Uh, so the region is uh, Vancouver Island, 
uh, is one region. Vancouver Coastal and Fraser is another region, and Northern and Interior is another region. But once we get to June 15th, you're tr- free to travel around the province, and on July 1st, you're free to travel around Canada. June 15th, this Tuesday. So that's when the travel, the interprovincial tra- or the provincial travel restrictions likely to be. Yeah, lifted. and again, the, the the emergency declaration has no impact on that. 